Welcome to What's That About with Joel and Tina. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. So this week we are still in First Peter. It mm-hmm. looks like we'll probably have this week and next week mm. and, and we'll be done. First um, Peter 4. Yeah, we're in First Peter half. 4, 12 through 19. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. it's got a good one this week. Wow. There's words in there that I think to myself. <laughs> Ooh. Words. Words have consequences. Yes. I'm I'm really scared about one of them, but okay. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we're going to have a fun time with this one. All right. So I'll be reading from the NIV. Um, Like I said, this is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Hmm. Well, okay. I think this is not the first time he's talked about no. the whole suffering concept. No. We've talked about that before. Yes. And the, it was about like the suffering for doing good. And if, But if you suffer for doing bad, then that's on you. Well, right. And I think that there's a lot of the same here. That Well, it's just, you know, sometimes... Something needs to be repeated for emphasis. You know, um, we don't always pay attention the first time. Sometimes not even the second time. time, Right. (laughs) And so I think this is clearly one of the major themes of 1 Peter. I mean, he's speaking to a people who clearly are suffering. Otherwise, he wouldn't really be speaking about it. He's speaking to those who are going through a tough time because they're Christians. They're not just going through an economic hard time or... A hard time that just happens because it happens, but he's talking to those specifically who are being looked down upon, who are being hurt, who whatever has happened to them because they're believers. So, I mean, that's he's hitting on it because it's happening, right? Yeah, well, I love the first verse, you know. Um, <laughs> Don't act as if something strange is happening to you. <laughs> this is so strange. What is this? This is so weird. I, I am stunned. Like, <laughs> I stand up for my belief in Christ and people are... They're not happy with me. Right. What is this? What is going on? I know. And I, but I think that we still struggle with that. Yeah. And, and at the same time, we also use it as a way of saying, oh, I think we sometimes take the flip side of it. Of obviously, I'm doing the right thing because I'm being persecuted. And that's not necessarily the case either. I think that we can mm. throw ourselves under the bus and, and alienate ourselves from people. And, you know, there's that thing that if you are proclaiming the good news, but you're not doing it, in love, mm-hmm. 
then it's just that that clanging symbol. I don't know where that is. You probably First do. Corinthians. So there you go. First Corinthians. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you combined a passage from Ephesians. Speaking speak the truth in love. Yes. And if I have not love, I'm a clanging gong and right. a clashing symbol. That That's First Corinthians. Are we supposed to like combine everything together? Like, I'm, it's, like, yeah, it's all Paul. So I mean, sure. my brain. But, so there's this idea <laughs> that, you know, I think that sometimes as Christians, we can we can put ourselves mm. against other people because what we're doing, we're not doing in love. That and, and I think that we can point to that with this, and this was the word that I was really scared of. Yeah. And maybe this is jumping too far ahead, but in verse 15, uh-huh. you know, it says, oh, not as a murderer, a thief, or any kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. Oh, a meddler. <laughs> you meddler. You meddle around and stuff. Oh, man, those meddlers. <laughs> Man. Man. I mean, the watch fact out. That, they're, that that person is caught up with the same people as the murderers. Yeah. It's like, are you for real? Like, me? Oh, yes, absolutely. Have you met like, a meddler before? Me people who meddles and stuff is just as bad as yes. murdering. People who meddle into other people's business and other people's things, those that's bad. Yes. Because you are not doing what's right. <laughs> Clearly. Or, or loving. Yes. I mean, and I Right. Think, you well, know, we can boil things down to love. It's not loving to murder, obviously. No. <laughs> it's not loving to steal. Right. It's also not loving to meddle into people's lives. So no meddling. <laughs> well, so what is the difference between meddling yeah. and um, accountability? One is it's about love. Because meddling is about you. It's about you projecting yourself onto somebody and say, hey, you know what, man? If, if it were me, I would do it this way. Oh, so it's that or, idea of I can do it better. Yeah, I can do it better. Or like, man, you have really, you really messed that up. You know, how, how? what are you thinking doing that like that? That's not very loving. That's meddling. You know, getting into people's business, inserting yourself into their lives when you know nothing about that. It reminds me of a time where... Uh, my brother Nate and my family, my mom and I, we were at a hospital and he flipped out and we had to take care of it. And there was this crowd cause he was really loud and meddlers came up and said, you should do this. You should do this. Not, sh- not people who work there. No. People the who crowd. were wandering by. Yes, right. We attracted a crowd. The, the rubberneckers who gathered. They, yes, they did. And they're like, not only did they not understand what was going on. But they didn't even care to understand or help. Nobody said, can we help? Except for the hospital. There was hospital people who said, can we help? We're like, yeah, we got to take care of him because, you know, uh, of his situation with him. But uh, the rubberneckers, the meddlers made it worse because they had no desire to understand. So do you think that we could also use the word meddler? Could we interchange that word with shooter? You should. Should someone... (laughs) They should all over me. Yes. You should do this. Don't should you people. Should, right. Yeah, that's a, you know you what? You shouldn't should. That is a good rule of thumb. <laughs> Don't should people. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, you're exactly right that this is an ongoing theme that Peter has brought up several times, that we should not be surprised that we suffer for being a Christian. Why not? Because the world doesn't want to be converted. The world is perfectly happy doing its own thing. People of the world don't want to be convicted of sin. They don't want to be told they're doing wrong. They don't even want to admit that they're doing anything wrong. And if you come along and you say, hey, by the way, you could be doing better, 
people don't want to hear that. Well, and I think that sometimes we hear this phrase um, that's in verse 13, that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. And we mm-hmm. think of, because a lot of times we talk about mm-hmm. Christ suffered on the cross. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's but, a lot more than that. Right. Christ suffered in other ways as well. Sure. You know, like he was he, insulted. Right. He, he was wasn't accepted in his hometown. He wasn't, right? That his family was, thought he was crazy. <laughs> that you know, there, There's all these ways in which the world yeah. didn't participate in what he had going on. You know, on. His, his story is so fascinating. I mean, if you, you know, he, this, as the Son of God, the virgin birth, the, the death, the crucifixion, absolutely all that. But you look at his life and his ministry, the, the people that you would imagine would embrace him don't. Like the Pharisees, the insiders, the people in the temple, the religious people, people who knew the Old Testament and the prophets, you would think they would be the ones who would embrace him. No. And then vice versa, the people who are the outcasts, the, the people that aren't allowed to go to the temple, the people that are considered by that society to be unclean, to be sinners, to be dirty, you would think they would be the ones who would have, want nothing to do with Jesus. But in fact, they are the ones most attracted to him. And the ones that have like this religious elitism are the ones most repulsed by him. And so it's it's really fascinating that he really flips everything upside down. Well, I think it's more than their reaction to him. It's his reaction to them. Like he sure. was not. Sure. You know, like, Who did he call hypocrites? He called the Pharisees hypocrites. Well, I was thinking of that Jenna Mulroney uh, meme from way back, the not impressed. Not impressed. Like <laughs> when she, she was up on the, and that, maybe I shouldn't bring that up, that poor girl. But, you know, she did go <laughs> and hang out with President Obama. And, and they both did. did. Not impressed together. Yeah. That, yeah. that it became a thing, I think, that hopefully she left. But, you know, to, to suffer to be that, an outcast. I think that he was not impressed with other people. and I Well, because oh, he could see their hearts. And that we read that multiple times, that he could see beyond their words he could read their hearts and he knew where they were coming from and I think he knew that about everybody that he could see past people's actions to who they really were so do you think that part of what this is talking about is like as Christians is that part of our burden to enter into the suffering of others I mean I mean do we sure Yes. Do we not get to, yes. like, you know, because there's so many people, there's this whole question of how are you doing, and the answer is fine. Lies. Um, you know, are we allowed to do that? Are we allowed to allow people? Only if you're really... Because, you know, there's well, that fine line with the meddler thing again. Only if you really care. I mean, we, we ask each other, how, how are you, and, you know, fine is a pretty typical answer. And the reason people say fine is because either they don't want to think about their lives or they don't want to talk about it with you in that moment. And so if you ever want to get past that fine, you got to invest in people's lives. And so that might mean that you come alongside their suffering and in, uh, engage in their suffering out of a sake of love for them. Not out of meddling. No. I mean, not because you want to gossip about it. Right. Not because you want to tell other people about it, but because you truly care. And that's sometimes is the call to follow Christ, is that you enter into the suffering of those around you because you love them, because they matter to you. You know, it's so much, um, I think, because there is this whole social media and you know, contact yeah. with the outside world yeah. kind of thing. So much yeah. of Christianity has yeah. got turned into, 
you need to you know, do the big mission trips and you need <laughs> to do the big Yeah, raise projects. your hand if you have that opportunity. Anybody? Right. I mean, yeah. maybe a couple, but well, I mean, that's and, not and realistic. it's not putting that down. Well, I've done it. It's terrific. But right. that's not a day-to-day thing that a majority of people can be involved in. I think that, you know, we look at who is in scripture and who is in scripture. It's all ordinary day-to-day stuff. Absolutely. I mean, there are a couple of people who turned it into their life to travel, Paul. Right, Right. but that's why it's so unusual. I mean, And even Paul was about going places and sticking around and becoming invested in people. Right. I mean, that's why we have the letters. We have the letters of the New Testament, the epistles, because that was Paul investing his life in those places that he had visited and had planted churches and had desired to visit them again right. when he had the opportunity to. Well, even if you look into the Old Testament, um, you know, there are times in which the Israelite people were in exile. Mm-hmm. And there was this kind of thing of, well, what should we be doing, Lord? You know, Here we are in a place we don't want to be, mm-hmm. around a people that we don't really want to like, and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. That that our, and you know, it goes back to what we talked about last time, that our calling is to love people. Yeah. That it doesn't matter where it is or how long we're going to be there. You know, it doesn't matter if you're just, you know, skimming through or if you're staying for years on end, that the call of the Christian is to love. And I think that loving can have suffering involved with it because if you expose your heart Mm -hmm. to others then that is going to guarantee pain because there is loss that is associated with love that there because humanity is not in our eternal place yet there is always going to be loss so love brings that with it sometimes you have to tell people the truth in love as well i mean love love is not like this fantastical emotional thing love is something very very different we're talking about godly love it's it's not just patting somebody on the back and saying it's okay and when it's not okay it's not allowing people just do whatever they want and you say well i love you so you can do whatever you want that's not love so you know discovering what what biblical godly love is is a huge part of the journey because it looks it's like uh an echo of human love it's a shadow of what we think love is. I mean, we're influenced by books and movies and television that says this is love. Right. I think we talked about that this past weekend because we we talked about um, we just celebrated our seventeenth year Woo! of marriage. Yay. And you know, there's this concept on television that that love is um, looking into each other's eyes, <laughs> falling into the bed, breathing heavy, and having happy emotions. <laughs> That, that, that is is what love is. If you if you watch movies, that's what it is. You, you sure. Make, like it, whoever you make eye contact with oh, across the room, you're gonna end up naked with them later. I mean, and and it, that's what love is. And it's so it's not deep enough. Yeah. That, that's why love sometimes means suffering. And it's also I think it's hard to remember that that's fake. In right. every aspect of it, it's right. fake. They're not people who are really in love. Right. They're not really It's acting. We talked about that last week. Right. It's acting. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to take a look at 16 and 17, which I find I fascinating. Um, however, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. That's just leading into the verse I wanted to talk about. All right. So 17. 17. For it is 
time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel? You know, what I, what I read out of that verse is there is a responsibility with us as Christians to be leaders in the world when it comes to coming alongside people who are suffering. There's this idea that that's a huge part of our responsibility. It's not building churches. It's not building big buildings. It's not having huge congregations. It's, it's not collecting not, Christians in large groups. Exactly. It's, it's, it, it may not even be converting people. Uh-huh. One of our big, big responsibilities as Christians is to come alongside others in their time of need. It reminds me of what happened in the early church in Corinth. Then in the third or fourth century, there, and well, it wasn't just then, but there were plagues that would happen all throughout the Roman Empire uh, because of hygienic issues and too many people living in too small places. And one of the, the huge outbreaks of plagues that happened in Corinth, people were leaving the city because everybody was dying except for the Christians. They were going into the city, caring for those who were suffering, caring those who were dying. And they were asked, why are you doing this? And they like, because Jesus tells us to, because this is what our faith means. And that left such an impression on the city of Corinth that those who survived, those who, who lived, were greatly affected and helped by that, that kind of thing. Well... We've never been called to convert. The, the scripture, <laughs> well, we can't. The scripture doesn't call us to convert. It calls right. us to share. Yes. Sow that, seeds. Right. The, yes. it, it never says you you need to have so many people. Right. You need to go out and make Christians. Yeah. It, it's, you know, that we need to go out and share the good news. Well, I guess this is make disciples, doesn't it? Well, well it does the Great Commission. Right. Yeah. Matthew 28. But how do you make disciples? You don't... How do you make disciples? That's exactly right. Isn't that a great question? How do you make disciples? Well, Peter's giving us a hint here of what it means to really suffer. How do we bear that? How do we witness that to everyone else? And that is to bear it with God's strength. It is not to shake our fist at God and say, you know, I wish you would just kill me now. It is to bear it with grace and and recognize that we're not on our own so that we can be witnesses to others who are suffering. I mean, that is the great human experiment, I guess, is how do we handle suffering? Well, you know, so much of the modern life in the United States is about getting rid of suffering and every people hate suffering it, it, understandably not, so i'm not even talking about the big stuff i mean you know i can't you know that your car has to be comfortable your food has to be delicious. air conditioning like that the, there's so much of our life that's yeah. built around comfort comfort yeah you know, that there's yeah. just you know every home has air conditioning i talk with the people who, who grew up in this area and yeah almost to the T every single one of them I didn't have air conditioning growing up and I talked to like my mom and dad's generation I didn't have air conditioning growing up but that wasn't they have it now they have it now (laughs) because it's so much it's part of the culture yeah that that it's almost unusual to run into people who choose to live with the elements in that regard not that it gets that hot here but wow it feels like it sometimes 
You know, the other thing that I see mm-hmm. in this, it mm-hmm. reminded me of it, you know, the, the talk of God's judgment. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of something that I, I read this week, that when we come to confession, and that's mm-hmm. something that we do in our church every week, that's something that we're encouraged to do all the time, is to confess. That when we come to confession, we're not surprising God. God mm-hmm. I mean, God already knows what we did. Yeah. And has already forgiven us. We're not even, like, you know, admitting to, I mean, we're not bringing up things to him, like, oh, by the way, Lord, I did this. (gasps) What? The confession is more about, I realize that I hurt you. I realize I've turned away. I've done my own thing. Right. Walked my own life. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's a hard thing for us to to get to that place of judgment, you know. And if we struggle with it, then how much more so those who don't know know Christ? Um, you know that it. I think it is hard for us to admit those things. It is hard for us to be truthful about that. And I think that that is why it it has become that the word hypocrisy has become part of the descriptors of who we are as people. And not undeserved. Right. So. Well, and then in the very end right there, verse 19, who will suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. I mean, committing ourselves to the faithfulness of God, that's like one of those little keys, one of those right. things that, that we got to remember and continue to pursue and to figure out what that actually looks like. Because suffering's not going to end. No. Pain's not going to end. No. Rejection's not going to end. Sin is not going to end. So we, we struggle against that. We battle that in ourselves and with one another. Just, it's just humanity. That's just who we are. What we can do is, well, how do we deal with it? And, you know, here Peter's saying one of the ways that we can deal with it, those who, who are believers, is to continue to commit ourselves to God's faithfulness. If we trust that God is faithful, then we can trust that God will get us through. If we know God is true and does not turn away, does not abandon us, all the promises that we get in Scripture that Jesus gives us, if we can truly believe in that and then live it out by faith, then that gets us going in the right direction. When those hard times come, that will be able to sustain us and fill us and direct us It's so much easier to put yourself through things that are difficult and painful Mm -hmm. if you are assured that something good will come of it. And that's the assurance that we have. Or somebody good is with you. Well, in the midst of it, During those times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, man, good chapter. Yeah. Some really good lessons. And, you know, learning how to take what is being said here to heart, you know, that's an ongoing process. That's an ongoing uh, journey. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, don't meddle this week. Yes. Make sure you love. Yes. (laughs) And we will talk to you again next Uh, week. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.